Like we've been blinded with this macho mindset that you must be tough and go through it alone. Okay, guys, so I literally just got back home from the one week celebration of an old mate's dad's death. And it had me thinking, well, I was looking at the whole event play out, observing his grieving process, listening to him talk about what his father meant to him and how much so much of what and how so much of what he knows about life comes from his father's tutelage and how much his confidence and this man was confident, is confident, can be attributed to his dad. And it had me thinking of a lot of things, but two of the many, many thoughts that were running through my mind was um, the role the father figure plays in the development of the child. <laughs> I'm going to try to give my views on this as broad as possible. However, <laughs> there's a high chance of bias given that uh, I'm a boy child. So, <laughs> Okay, so one is the role the father figure plays in the development of a child. And two is how our grief and our grieving process how much of an impact they have on our development as humans. So I'm standing back, observing everything as we engage in some sweat-drenching jammer, like, like proper jammer. And I couldn't help but notice the pain on my guy's face, like in his demeanor. That all too familiar pain. And I felt for him and I feel for him. It was a little easier to relate to him given my own experience with grief. I hope you guys have to get used to me saying this. Well, let's go back in time. Some 16 years ago, Joe, the oldest of three children, had just finished writing BC, getting ready for SSS. I was in class five, and I believe Ayoko, the youngest, well, let's be honest, she was a baby. Uh, I'm not sure how old she was, and I'm really not ready to do the math, but she remembers nothing. She remembers nothing. Anyway, I remember mostly how the day played out. Regular school day, nothing exciting. Mom comes to pick me up from school and she's in black and a black scarf. And my woman looked tired. Of course, at the time, I didn't pay it no mind. I'm not sure I even noticed it at the time. Because, wait, I'm 11. Uh, there are other weird things going through my head. I'm not, actually. But I had to do some self-reflection. Well, not today, but... As I, I, I developed, as I grew, <laughs> I had to do some self-reflection and it occurred to me how everything was so off, like for a week, the week prior to the day was just off. Anyway, we get home and everybody's there. I mean, everybody is in the house. People we only see during holidays and festive periods. And I'm like, what happened for you? Why, why are we having a party today? <laughs> why are you all here? <laughs> As soon as I get home, they're like, oh, you can go out and go and play. And I'm think- and thinking back on it right now, like, that should have been the first alarm bell, like. But at the time, I'm 11, and I was told I could go out and go and play on a school night. Are you kidding? I'm excited. Listen, weekends, most times, at the chop bounce when I ask for permission to go and play. And you are giving me permission without me asking on a school night. Charlie, I was out, I was out the door. <laughs> I changed. I didn't even bother. I changed and went out to play. But I recall not a lot of people coming out to play that day. Again, it was a school night, so understandable. They call me back home and they break the news to us that, well, the old man had died or is dead. And um, there's no nice way to say it. At the moment, I don't think the gravity of what they had just said hit me. I cried, but I don't think the gravity had hit me. And the only reason I cried is because I'm looking at two women 
two women I have a strong emotional connection to, Joe, my mom's, and they are crying, bawling their eyes out, full-blown wailing. Very, very embarrassing. <laughs> very embarrassing. <laughs> I'm just joking. But so man cried. I really didn't have a choice. Looking at people you have an emotional connection with cry like that. I mean, I really didn't have a choice. So it took me a while. I mean, a long while to realize I had not allowed myself to grieve properly. And that's probably because of my age at the time it happened. Um, I didn't understand everything that was happening. And also, wait, 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 wait before I even get there. There's this thing I had every day growing up, like, and I strongly dislike it. I still haven't been able to shake it off till today. If I had a dollar for every time I had, you're the man of the house who take off your mother and your sister. So, Charlie, start jolly. Now I'm going Eh? Who has asked you to give me pep talk? I did not ask for this type of pressure. Is it like, and you are the modern age, 11, 12, 13, 14, like, that's when you are developing your ideals and this phrase is being hammered in your head and you, <sighs> this is actually a great opportunity to pivot to the father presence conversation, the father figure presence and the, and the role it plays in the child's growth. So, it wasn't easy becoming the fun young man I am today. <laughs> I know I make it look easy. But Charlie, it, it was hard work becoming the fine young man I am today. It wasn't easy. But growing, up as, but growing up as an adolescent and eventually a young man, you start to notice things, develop your own ideals, and looking at the father-son, father-child, actually, relationships I saw around me, and yes, this includes movies. I started to picture what my ideal father-son relationship would look like. You know, and really that's because I don't think... Hmm, I honestly don't think I had the opportunity to have one, you know, the one where the father sort of grooms the son into becoming a man or when the father teaches the daughter of value. Um, damn, I should probably be spilling my heart out in therapy. <laughs> I should be probably in therapy speaking, spilling my heart out, but here I am talking into a microphone. Um, yeah, so I don't think I have fully recovered from not having the opportunity but growing, what my father was to me was one, a protector, and two, a provider. So to me, that was the blueprint to who a man should be, what a man should be to the people next to him. A protector, and he should be a provider. And it's something I, I've, I worked on being, like, and something I still work on being, amongst other things, of course. Um, wait, let me, call out, let me call out two people real quick, real quick. Let me call out Joe and Ayoko. My sisters, real quick, before I continue. CM, speaking of provision, so when Joe and Ayoko have certain cravings, well, more Joan than Ayoko, because Ayoko is, she's in school, so she's not the work, obviously. So when, when Joe has certain cravings and her fans at the exact time, let's say she's at um, um, hunch or something, let's, let's use hunch, or she's getting pie or something, right? And that time, maybe she has just 20 CDs, and 20 CDs are hunch, or the pie can just get pie or hunch for one person, right? Joe says, forget your beer, and satisfies her craving at that time. Forgetting about everyone. True story. <laughs> Forgetting about everyone. And I know some of you listen, women listening are like, eh, what's the problem? And you're all sinners. <laughs> you're all sinners and must go for confession. All of you are sinners. Because when Uncle Johnny has cravings, hmm, he makes sure he goes Oprah with his cravings. 
you get one, you get some, you get some, you get some. And if he can't afford to go Oprah with his cravings, then no one gets nothing. Not even him, the one craving it. There's no point in this path, but I just want you, I want you all to appreciate what I have, I've had to deal with all these years. <laughs> what I've had to deal with all these years. Anyway, what was I? Yeah, so one protector, two provider. I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to develop, to develop an actual relationship outside these two things. You see, like, that's what they say. These two things are like some small, by the wayside things. Now they are, they are essential and they are important. But I believe that there are so many things that a father grooms the son in. <laughs> Here comes the bias. Yeah, there are so many things a father grooms the son in. Like how to be a man, like literally. Literally how to be a man from certain principles you try to groom your son in, your child in, certain ideals, certain conversations you have. Like even the sex talk, like that girl's talk, it's cool if either parent gives it. But I think as a guy, it would hit a little different if you and your old man had that conversation over a football game or some shared bonding activity. It would be dope. And I obviously have no experience. <laughs> I do not have the facts. But I feel the impact would be different when a man can sit with his son and have that life conversation, that money conversation, that career conversation, that sexual conversation. But let me give my old girl her flowers because Alice, the goddamn queen, did an amazing job. Like, she tried. Alice, Alice, Alice made it work. She pulled the strings, pulled whatever resources available and made shit happen. Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I still think when there's a male figure in the home and there's an open, honest, and respectful relationship full of truth and love, it's important. It's very important. And truth is, we all need that father figure. And when it's not available in the home, you tend to look for it elsewhere. Celebrities, rappers, pastors, like men of God, bosses, and you tend to pick up certain traits. But the thing about Picking up certain traits, if you're unlucky, you end up picking up undesirable traits and tendencies that lead you on a different path altogether. And it's quite unfortunate that not everyone gets to experience the oneness and joy of that, you know, that father-child relationship. I mean, you can liken it to God's relationship with us, but that's another conversation for another episode. But hear me out. Single mothers do an amazing job. For the most part. They do what they can and we cannot not appreciate them for the sacrifices they made and make. But in my opinion, the job is a lot easier when there is a present father figure. Keyword, present. When there's a present father figure. And I know some people have fathers, and these men are the worst. And I think that's a different, that, that again is a different conversation we probably will get into another time. Because men have dropped the ball so hard, it's sad. That was a bar. <laughs> that was a bar. Men have dropped the ball so hard. It's hard. But let's speak. Let's speak a little. Let me, let me, let's, let's wrap it up. Let me speak on grief, grieving process and its impact. Now, observing my guy grief and thinking of my own experience and how I did not and probably still have not allowed myself to grieve properly. Like, come to terms with everything that happened. So, who might say? But I think... One thing people ignore in the grieving process is the need for community. Like, we've been blinded with this macho mindset that you must be tough and go through it alone. 
Like we are convinced that it's a badge of honor and it makes you stronger, blah, 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 blah. I think it's easier. And I say this with the confidence of someone who has tried and sometimes still tries to do it alone because we know they hear weird, obviously. It's easier to say, everyone leave me alone. I'm going to keep everything I feel inside, push it all back down. I will not allow myself to feel and express how I'm supposed to feel about whatever event, situation, circumstance. I won't allow myself to properly grow through it. Yes, grow, not go, grow. I feel like a motivational speaker. <laughs> I feel like one. But I think it's much more difficult to let someone in, to be vulnerable, to actually, to actually feel. It's much more difficult to be, to be open. Um, it's much more difficult, but it's way more rewarding. And again, I say this from experience. I mean, we as a people in general struggle a lot with allowing others be there for us. I'm not, I'm not talking about exploiting others. I think we do a great job at that. I'm saying allowing others to like genuinely be there for us. Well, for me, uh, let me speak for myself. Well, me, it's a lot more difficult to allow myself to, um, the word is not love and the phrase is not to be taken care of, but that's what I'm going to go with. To be taken care of, to just put down those defense mechanisms and, and just be. And if you're honest, those who are able to put down the war tools are way stronger than those of us who go, nah, I think I'll keep this in and deal with it all by myself. They're way stronger. It's essential that the community be involved in the grieving process. And in as much as the bereaved opens to receive the input of love and care and support, it's imperative. <laughs> yeah, that's big boy grammar. <laughs> big boy grammar. It's Im no, seriously, seriously, I'm sorry, seriously. It's imperative that the community shares in each member's grief to show that support, to let them know that you don't have to go through this alone, to show them that there's a safe, open, honest space available for you to express how you feel and to receive the love you need to heal and to grow. I think it's essential that we remind people that we are there for them. I know I've said a lot, but that's really what I took from today. Oh, and one more thing. You allowing yourself to be loved and supported and cared for shouldn't be restricted to only like after life loss. It shouldn't be only after you lose someone before you allow yourself to, to have access to these things. I mean, there are different types of grief different types of disappointment and i know everyone has their own way of dealing with it but i truly think in whatever way it looks for each person what in whatever way the grieving process looks for each person there's a proper way to grieve that includes you allowing yourself to be loved and should have a community of honest open and true love ready and willing to support get me <laughs> but I hope something from this episode blesses someone. It's been another episode of the WSNT pod, and until next time, peace and love. <laughs>